Now, of course, this was a, a, a promise to Israel. We're going to spiritualize it and say that to the Christian, this God will do good by you. There are blessings, abundant blessings, waiting for the person who will trust in the Lord. And then, of course, the Lord says, come. Here is a gospel call. He says, come now. The Lord marks, this is, this is urgent business. This is not something for you to put off and say, well, I'll think about it next year. I'll think about it in the new year. He says, come now. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and today we have a wonderful text in the book of Isaiah, which we learn Jesus promises to wash us white as snow. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. That is our hymn today. And we have a short question answer. So stay tuned as we bring the message of the gospel. Let's move now to Isaiah 1 and verse 16. The prophet Isaiah says, Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. What a great text, and what a great promise. And here God, speaking through the prophet Isaiah, invites every believer to trust in the Lord for cleansing from sin. And of course, that's the great reason that the Lord Jesus came into the world. We were cursed by the fall. And at the cross, Jesus bore the curse that he might be our Savior. Join with me, please, in a brief prayer as we give thanks for the blood of Christ that was shed at Calvary for our salvation. Our Father in heaven, we thank Thee for this good news that Jesus saves. We thank Thee for the old, old story that is ever new, that the blood of Jesus washes sinners white as snow. And I pray that this word will be a message for the heart of each hearer, and that you will deal graciously with each one as they look to Thee as the answer for sin. We thank Thee for the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and so we pray that beyond the airwaves, right into the heart, that Thou wilt speak today to comfort, to cheer, and to lead to personal saving faith in our Lord Jesus. We ask this in His wonderful name. Amen. In thinking about this snow that's all around us here today, I remembered a statement by Martin Luther. 
And he said that the gospel is like dung covered in snow. The righteousness of the Lord Jesus covers over all the ugliness, all the blackness, and makes us perfectly acceptable with God. To have your sins as white as snow is absolutely wonderful. And as the black, dirty earth is transformed into a beautiful winter wonderland, what a transformation! And it illustrates what the Lord has done for our hearts. We think of David when he had committed uh, one of the most ugly of sins. And in Psalm 51, he repented and cried to God, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Now, this is a time of year also for invitations. And people get invitations to family gatherings and special events and even to church different events. Last night, we had the cantata at Sam's church, and he was leading the service. And we had a blessed time joining there with the believers in that church and listening to the choir. And it was a great thing to be a guest invited along and to participate in that evening. And here in this text, in Isaiah 118, we have an invitation. Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. And of all the invitations that you may ever get in your lifetime, this is the invitation that will outshine them all. And I want to firstly give you just a few reasons why you should take this invitation seriously. Sometimes we get an invitation by email, and we just hit the delete button. Forget it. Or if it comes in the mail, we just toss it into the garbage. Who's interested in that? Well, I want to put the brakes on you and ask you to consider this invitation very, very seriously because of your burden of sin. Are you willing to carry that burden of sin through all of your life? and all into eternity. This is an invitation that you should think very seriously before you even reject it. And it's a very hard thing to carry this weight of sin. It is a burden. It is a burden on your conscience. In fact, it can ruin your life. The guilt of sin can ruin your life, can ruin your purity of mind, it can ruin your usefulness. It can ruin even marriages. It can ru ruin human relations. And of course, you'll never have peace with God. You'll never really get on your knees and pray with joy and worship God with a full heart while you have this die of sin that is marked against you. Then also to refuse this reasoning is to show your own sinful prejudice. It reveals something about you. When you say no to this invitation, I don't want to be white as snow. I want to carry this burden. It just shows you how set you are on the way 
of the world and your own pride. Also, to stay away is to never know what will be yours. It's like living second best for all your life and all eternity. If you do not come to the Lord for salvation, for cleansing in the blood, you'll never know the blessedness of the Christian life. You'll never know what it is to have peace with God. And of course, on the judgment day, you'll never know what it is to hear those words, Come, ye blessed of the Father, enter into the kingdom prepared for you. Also, the Lord gives his grace to believers. The Lord never gives grace to skeptics and scorners and those that are uh, enemies to him, but he gives his grace to those who make this first commitment, wash me, make me whiter than snow. This is dealing, of course, with the call of God into heaven. It says here in verse 19, if you be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Now, of course, this was a, a, a promise to Israel. We're going to spiritualize it and say that to the Christian, this God will do good by you. There are blessings, abundant blessings, waiting for the person who will trust in the Lord. And then, of course, the Lord says, come. Here is a gospel call. He says, come now. The Lord marks, this is, this is urgent business. This is not something for you to put off and say, well, I'll think about it next year. I'll think about it in the new year. He says, come now. And he says, let us reason. And so the Lord will deal with you one-to-one. -one. He will deal with you directly that he might bless you and work in your heart. And so how could anyone refuse an invitation to so reason with God? Now, you will note here that the issue is your sins. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins. Now, that's God dealing with us honestly, but it is not negative. It is not God saying to you, well, this is the end of the road. There's no hope for you. No, he is saying, though your sins. And if I may just freely translate that and uh, try to comment on this, he is, God is saying here, in spite of your terrible sins, and even though it is so impossible humanly to be washed from them, come, come to me. To remove, they shall be white as snow. Or, lo, behold, your sins are double-dyed. You can never cleanse yourself, but come to me. And so, this invitation is not certainly because of your sins, but in spite of your sins, and above and beyond your sins. Don't let them hold you back. Even though you are defiled, even though you are marred by the sin of this world, don't let that hold you back from reasoning with the Lord and seeking His way of cleansing. Now, tonight we're going to look at this very simply, and the first thing we notice here is that only God can cleanse away your sins. And we come to this word, scarlet. 
because your sins are so deeply, doubly dyed. This scarlet was taken from insect eggs. This was the ancient way of developing dye. It was color fast. And when a garment was dipped in this red scarlet dye, sometimes it was soaked in it or double dipped. And this scarlet would permeate all the fibers of the garment so that it was color fast. It did not wash out. And so God is saying to the unconverted sinner, your sins are so deep, they're so dyed, you are so stained, that it is impossible for you to wash away your own sins. Now, you'll notice that there is a parallelism in this verse 18, and it says here, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And then there's another though, another though, though they be red like crimson. Now, there's a bit of a difference in some ideas of what crimson is. One commentator suggested it came from, from the dye from shellfish. Uh, but again, it was the same process, finding something that would be a color-fast product, double-dip it. And so the, these two ideas are one. Uh, the scarlet and the crimson are the one idea of stains that are impossible to remove, humanly speaking. And though you may have given up trying to be cleansed from your sins, though you've come to the point where it's impossible to be free from sin, the Lord says, even though, come, come now, and let us reason together, because what is impossible with man is wonderfully possible with God. Now, taking it to real practical terms of how people try to deal with their sin, some people think they can be absolved or free from sin by religious rites, ceremonies, and even trinkets, prayers, rote uh, religion, and so on. And that if they go through different mantras of religion, that it's going to cleanse away their sin or somehow make them right with God. But all of those things are pointless. Sometimes I go into the care home to minister to the the seniors, and of course there you get peoples of various religions, and uh, sometimes you will see the aged man or woman sitting uh, on a chair counting beads or holding some religious relic. And by contact with that, there is really a false confidence, a false comfort that people hold on to. And of course, if you've been raised in this and you've gone through all your life being taught that these beads will help you to pray, help you to intercede with some saint or deity, then of course, people take comfort in that. I was at a store very recently and I noticed someone, they had a feather hanging from the mirror of their truck. And there was a kind of an elastic band attaching the feather to that. And I'm not sure what they attached to it. Maybe it was some superior power keeping them safe or so on. 
But man is such a religious being. He is so filled with religious notions. But we know, and the Bible teaches us very clearly, that none of those things can wash away sins, however hard people will try. And then there's people who think by their good works, by their money, their donations, their philanthropy, that they can somehow be done with their guilt. But it will stay with them all their days, and in death, and in judgment. Because the Bible teaches that it is impossible. Sin is scarlet, deep-dyed, its color fast, cannot be removed by human means. And so we come now to really what is the, the joyous remedy here. Christ's atonement is all-sufficient to wash away all sin, to make us whiter than the snow, whiter than the snow. Now, this is possible because God has given us such a Savior. There's two texts I want to turn to here as we think of the, the, the possibility, the power of the gospel to take away sin. First of all is First John chapter 3 and verse 8. And it's really to do with God sending our Lord Jesus to deal with sin. First John chapter 3 and verse 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. So we're back to the sin problem here. And he that committeth sin, it's an ongoing problem. It's a problem that man by nature cannot get the victory over. He will perpetuate in it. He will continue it because that's the state of his heart. He's prompted by the devil. And to have the devil as your father, well, he was a sinner from the beginning. And then here's the answer. For this purpose, to address this need, to address the impossibility of man to take away his own sin, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. The other text is Romans 8 and verse 3. And this really, again, is God's answer to the impossibility of man taking away his own sin. And it says in Romans 8, 3, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. And so that might be a tea into the person, per tea into the person, who is trying to keep the Ten Commandments, the person who's trying to keep God's law perfectly. And of course, in the days of Paul the Apostle, when he wrote to the Romans, there were many Jews who did attempt to do that. They were very, very scrupulous about keeping the law, and they thought by keeping the law they could attain their own righteousness. But Paul says, no, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. And of course, all roads meet upon the death, the work of our Lord Jesus. He is now the second Adam to undo what the first Adam did. And of course, his sacrifice, his work, is of infinite value. Man's work is so limited, 
It cannot keep the law. It cannot deal with guilt. But the death of the Lord Jesus did. His work is of infinite value. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our free Presbyterian Church. It is a privilege for me as the pastor of our church to bring the message of the gospel, not only from the pulpit, but here on radio, that you may hear the message of God's salvation. We love to preach the gospel, the good news that Jesus saved. And of course, that brings us to the heart of the matter the need of the human heart, the need of man to be born again and to be brought into a right relationship with God. And I hope that today that you were listening intently to what Christ accomplished by his death, by the shedding of his blood, to bring you that gospel peace. Here we have a a wonderful story that might illustrate just what the gospel does. In the chemistry class, we learned how acids act on different substances. 
In the course of our experiment, the professor gave us a bit of gold and told us to dissolve it. We left it all night in the strongest acid we had and tried combinations of acids. Then finally told him we thought gold could not be dissolved. He smiled. I knew you could not dissolve gold, he said. None of the acids you have there will attack it. But try this. He handed us a bottle labeled nitromuriatic acid, or aqua regia. We poured some of its contents into the tube that held the piece of gold. And the gold that had resisted so easily all the other acids quickly disappeared in the royal water. The gold at last had found its master. The next day in the classroom, the professor asked, Do you know why it is called royal water? Yes, we replied, it is because it is the master of gold, which can resist almost everything else that can be poured on it. Then he said, Boys, it will not hurt the lesson today if I take time to tell you that there is one other substance that is just as impervious as gold. It cannot be touched or changed, though an hundred attempts are made upon it. That substance is the sinful heart. Trial and affliction, riches and honor, imprisonment and punishment will not soften or master it. Education and culture will not dissolve and purify it. There is but one element that has power over it, the blood of Christ, the Savior, the aqua regia of the soul. What a fine lesson that we might take to heart today to recognize that the human heart is so depraved, so corrupt, that there's only one power that can change it, and that is the cleansing blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And unless you are washed in that blood, you have no redemption, no matter what else you try, no matter how many commandments you try to keep, no matter how good you try to be. Only the blood of Jesus can wash us white as snow. And I pray that you learn that lesson well today. We're coming to the end of the year, and I want to let you know about gospel literature that you can send for. I have take delight in writing gospel tracts, gospel leaflets that you can use with your family and friends. I have a recent one on what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul. There is also a leaflet on the Good Shepherd and Behold the Lamb of God. You can send for these or send for our booklet, A New Beginning. I believe it will be a blessing to you. So send me an email or give me a phone call. I look forward to hearing from you. This is Ian Golliher. Thank you for being a part of our program. Join us, of course, each day, Monday uh, to Friday, as we let the Bible speak. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.lt. 
tbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast, and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music